everlasting father in the name of Jesus Christ we thank you this afternoon we give you glory and honor father we give you praise for who you are behold God we sit at your feet this afternoon with expectant hearts Holy Spirit begin to minister to each one of us in this day that which you have purpose for each one of us Lord shall be realized this afternoon. Amen. Father, I pray for a special touch upon that person who has been yearning to speak to you, who has been crying to you in the past one week, King of Glory. I pray that you shall wipe his tears away. That sister who has been crying to you, King of Glory, for one reason or another, intervene in the name of Jesus. Let your presence Warm up his body from the hair of his hair, her head to the sole of her feet. Let your presence be felt in their lives like never before, Lord. Each one of us, Lord, we hunger to hear from you. We thirst to drink from your, your, your cup, O God. That you alone may minister to the needs of our souls. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for this wonderful day. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. Shall we shout to the Lord with the loudest shout ever? If it means that's the last shout you make and you die, we will be glad to bury you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. When I was doing my national youth, service, I had never had such a rigorous training, so naturally we had to start complaining from the very first day, because right from the gate, we thought we would be told, welcome, this is the, the Gilgil training center, this is what we are going to do. Unfortunately, the welcome just shook us at the gate. With our bags, we are told, put your bags down. We were three people, we put them down. Okay, put them on your left. He said, what the, does it matter? I can carry it with my right hand. <laughs> so we put them on the left. Pick them up. We picked them up. Okay, your feet together. Then we started. We didn't know how to march, but we kept knocking each other's hands as we went along. And uh, it wasn't uh, a very good experience. But I came to realize that uh, sometimes in life, you have to be ready for anything. Praise the Lord. You have to be ready for anything. This morning, I want us just to share something uh, I've entitled Anchors of Relationship with God. Anchors of Relationship with God. I'm not saying this is an exhaustive list but I'm just going to share on five of them that I would like us to meditate over and see how this uh, really mold our relationship with God and drive our salvation and our faith in Him. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to share something about commitment. One of them is going to be commitment. Uh, the second one is going to be obedience. The third one is going to be love. The fourth is going to be patience. And the fifth is going to be sacrifice. Those five. I know there are many others. But I'm just narrowing on to this. I would like us to share this afternoon. Now every Friday, we usually call out people who are celebrating their wedding anniversaries. How many are married here? Some of you have forgotten. How many are married? We thank God for that. Now, many of you, probably all of you are not in my wedding. <laughs> so there was the song, Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Whenever that song rings, 
it sends me many years back. You can find me lost in my mind. Because I can see my beautiful wife walking around. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I can see the pastor standing on the pulpit there. But one thing I usually go back to, and it, I've always asked questions about, is the part where they say vows. I remember clearly I reversed the vows. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because the pastor said, in, the, in the problems and in, what did they say? <laughs> Will you love your wife in sickness and in prosperity? And I said, in prosperity and in sickness. <laughs> I wanted to emphasize this thing. I'm, I'm geared for this marriage to be prosperous. That is what I wanted to emphasize on that day. Praise the Lord. I was geared for my marriage to be a success. I wanted it to be wonderful throughout. Praise the Lord. The reality of the matter is that along the way, there are challenges. Along the way, you meet those things that you are trying to avoid to say on that wedding day. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But in all these things, God is faithful. Praise the Lord. Now, the reason why I'm reminding many of you those days, I know some of you are now lost. You are thinking about that day. But we are still here in Muscat in 2017. It's many years after you married. So don't, don't get lost. Don't go into sleep. There's something supernatural about marriage. It's a mystery. That is why Jesus was using it to compare with our bond with him. Praise the Lord. It's a mystery. I want us to turn to the book of Ruth. Ruth. After Judges. Small book. Ruth chapter 1. Let's go to verse 8. It says, Then Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Are we there? Then Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest, in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? I am going to have, am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Verse 12, return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord, Lord's hand has turned against me. At this they wept aloud again. Then Opa kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung to her. Verse 15, Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. 16, are we there all of us now? And that marks the turning point in the life of Ruth. That can mark a turning point in your life. This is a statement that turns the lives of people around. Ruth said, but Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. 
your people will be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Father, we thank you for your word. It is already glorified. So let it come out powerfully unto us in Jesus' name. Amen. I was reminding you of wedding because this is a common verse on the cards, invitation cards. You see, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. And those cards usually look very beautiful. Unfortunately, unfortunately, those words just remain on the cards for many people. They never touch their inner being. But today I'm not talking about weddings. I'm talking about our relationship with God. These two ladies, all were exposed to the same circumstances. Oprah and Ruth. They had lost their father-in-law. They had lost their husbands. And their mother-in-law kept telling them, I have freed you. You are free to go. If it is me you are scared of condemning you, I have freed you to go. Go and look for another alternative. And she spelled out the circumstances before them so clearly, not once, not twice. Made them understand that things were impossible where they were going. But thank God for this one lady by the name Ruth. No wonder her name is in the Bible. After Opa kissed the mother and said goodbye, that was the last time we hear of her in the scripture. Praise the Lord. She's never mentioned again. But the thing I want to share with us is about the level of commitment Ruth made. She got into marriage not just because of the, 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 the handsome face of the husband. She did not get into marriage just because of probably the wealth the family had. She did not get into that relationship because these were Jews, no. She got into the relationship and the biggest, the biggest asset she had, she made a commitment. Say commitment. 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 And this is what held Ruth up until the time the mother-in-law is trying to shake her off. Was it all good? No. Was the going easy for her? No. Were there any prospects ahead? The evidence was not there. But this lady said, I have made a commitment to this relationship, to this family. I am not going to break it down. Because it is something that I've decided deep within. This afternoon, I want us to be challenged about our commitment to God. What is it that is shaking us from our faith? If we are shaken, what was the basis of our acceptance to walk with the Lord? Was it because you wanted to make use of that relationship for your own benefits? Was it because you saw that I want to start a bond with my father? Something that is lasting. Something that will live, outlive my life on earth here. That's a question to pose to yourself. Because if you have not made a commitment in your heart, then when the circumstances will start moving around you, the environment will begin to change. There will be a reason for you to think a second time. There will be a reason for you to justify your walking away from the Lord. 
But if you have made a commitment, this will be my goal. This will be my goal. Come rain, come sunshine. He is my father. Nothing ever will shake you from that relationship. No form of heart that somebody inflicts into you will ever shake you. I remember a brother who had, was so committed. He was an evangelist. He went around. We were still young. And then he got into a relationship with a sister. They were moving towards marriage. And then a few weeks to the marriage, the sister writes him and says, I don't think this thing is going to work. So he sought to understand what was the, re the reason. He got to realize that this sister was not faithful enough. She was embarrassed because of the state in which she was at that time. The brother, that was the end of his salvation. He decided, because I've not got this sister, there's no reason for me to continue on this journey. You can see how cheap a foundation we can lay for our salvation. Praise the Lord. Maybe you are here, and because of the circumstances you are experiencing now, you are doubting, is there a reason for me to continue walking with the Lord? I have come to reassure you, think beyond that circumstance. God is well able to take you through. He is a faithful God. Praise the Lord. If you go along with the story of Ruth, we cannot read the whole of it. Ruth stuck to this lady. They went back to their home. They were poor because they had nothing to hold on to. But I thank God. Because God saw the commitment of this young lady and said, it shall be well rewarded. God will reward your commitment to, his, to your work with him. Praise the Lord. She arrives home and then there is this kinsman redeemer, Boaz. Praise the Lord. He comes along wealthy, well endowed. The lady who did not have food, who did not have a husband, is inherited by a very wealthy man. Praise the Lord. There will be a way along the line. Praise the Lord. Hold on. Don't ever be shaken by the circumstances you are going through. God is faithful to open a door, a beautiful door before you. Praise the Lord. Many people who have remained committed in their work with God have always lived to celebrate the end of their journey. Second Kings chapter 2, we see Elisha. Elisha was committed to Elijah. Praise the Lord. And he walked with this man. Now, Elisha came to realize that there was something unique about Elijah. And he really desired it. But he realized this thing will not come cheap. There will be a degree of commitment I need to put in. Praise the Lord. And he committed himself to the servant of God. Even when he was being discouraged by the other prophets, do you know your master is going to be taken away? He said, hold your peace. I am committed to this man. Praise the Lord. Let me witness it with my own eyes when he's living. Then I will be satisfied. He went along with this man. And at the river, when he was taken up, Praise the Lord. Man said, my father, my father, was he left empty-handed? Was he left empty-handed? Oh, the clock was thrown to him. And he realized he had received more, double portion of what Elijah had experienced. Commitment. Commitment. Praise the Lord. He walked with Elijah. Committed himself to his service. And it came to pass at that time when Elijah departed. Something was left for him. Praise the Lord. In the book of Genesis, chapter 5, verse 14.
sorry. Sorry, I'm looking for Enoch, 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 Enoch. Twenty-three. Yes, thank you. Praise the Lord. I had written 14, so I was to read the whole of it, but I don't want to read the whole of it. Let's start from 21. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. 300 years. A man is committed to working with God. We walk 10 years, we start complaining. Praise the Lord. The Bible says how many years? He was committed with God. He was committed to working with God. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Just imagine, some of us when we hear of death, it's not a very comfortable feeling, praise the Lord. But can you see, do you remember Jesus said, some of you who are here may never test death. You remember that? Suppose he told you, you may never test death, I'll just come and take you. Would you be celebrating? Because... The experience of death is not a very comfortable thing. Some people don't know what will happen beyond. That is the fear that people have. But we have an assurance, a guarantee, that when we die, Paul said he was doubting, he, he was worried, he didn't know whether to remain in this body or to be with God. So when we die, it is just a transition to a superior life. Praise the Lord. But Enoch had the advantage of never going through that transition. Praise the Lord. He went through a different transition. And what made him go through this different experience? Commitment to God. Because 300 years consistently working with God, God honored him. Praise the Lord. How many years do you want? Many. Praise the Lord. Some of us <laughs> are not sure. <laughs> Praise the Lord. As long as God keeps us on this earth, my prayer and my desire is that each one of us will make this commitment that I want to walk with my Lord. I want to remain at his feet. I want to experience him each passing day. It's a challenge. Yes, I know there were no iPads those days. There were no televisions those days. But there were visions. That's the good thing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so maybe you are worried. This, if I give myself a commitment of 15 years or 100 years with these new gadgets which are coming, will I be able? I'm saying... You can commit yourself to God and your life can be wholly changed. Praise the Lord. It will be different. I'm saying our relationship with God hinges on one of these and that's commitment and it requires each one of us to purpose in our minds, in our lives, that I want to commit my life to God. I want to walk with God. I talked about marriage. When some things come into marriage, even the anchor of love is also shaken. Praise the Lord. What will take you through is your commitment to that person. Are you wholly committed to that person? Have you said, no matter what comes, irrespective of what I go through, I have made my commitment, I made my vow before God, I want to walk with my wife until the close of the age. Have you said that to yourself? 
because there will come a time when you will begin to question yourself why should i bear this for all this time i'm not promising you that i'm just saying it could come praise the lord hallelujah there are some of you who every morning wake up and look at the face of your spouse and you pretend you are tightening your tie but you are saying thank you jesus because of the face of your wife and the wife does the hair and says thank you jesus for this man but you never say it but there is a possibility that face can change there's a possibility that face can change what is your commitment to that lady to that man what is your commitment the financial circumstances can change praise the lord what is your commitment to your spouse and more so what is your commitment to god at that time when the difficult times come in your life which path do you choose to walk i pray that you may be committed to god for the rest of your life and tell him abba father here i am i want to walk with you praise the lord second samuel Twenty-three, verse fifteen. David longed for water and said, "Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem." So the three mighty warriors broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well. near the gate of bethlehem and carried it back to david but he refused to drink it instead he poured it out before the lord now the background to this is that uh, the enemy had surrounded the well but these three men because of their commitment to their king they said the wish of our king we must fulfill it doesn't matter what it will cost us if it costs us our lives we will lay it on line for him that he may be happy so they went broke the ranks of the philistines and brought the water to him what price are you willing to pay so that your father in heaven may be happy with your life Are you committed to a level that you are ready to lay down your life so that he may receive the glory and honor? Be committed to God. Praise the Lord. Remain committed to God. Second, obedience. Obedience. 1 Samuel 15:7. Then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to Shur near the eastern border of Egypt. He took Agag king of Amalekites alive and all his people he totally destroyed with a sword. But Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle and the fat calves and the lambs and everything that was good. This they were unwilling to destroy completely. but everything that was despised and weak they totally destroyed then the word of the lord came to samuel i regret that i have made so king because he has turned away from me and has carried out my has not carried out my instructions samuel was angry and he cried out to the lord all the night it's my prayer that god may never utter such a statement to our, towards us Praise the Lord. It would be a pity if God says I regret that I have made put your name there. I don't want to put my name. Praise the Lord. 
it would be a pity that God in heaven would utter such words towards you. The reason why Saul is finding himself in such a situation is just a simple aspect, lack of obedience to God. Simple instructions. Simple instructions he was given. Nothing forced him, nothing restrained him from executing the instructions. But he chose of his own volition. He decided because it is him who was given the instructions. Go and destroy. Then he chose to listen to his generals. The generals were not there when the word of God was being ministered to him. Those people who desire to make you lose your focus, those people who are influencing you from being remaining obedient to the things of God, were not there when God was speaking to you. Don't allow them to move closer to you. Praise the Lord. The Bible says God regretted for having chosen Saul, the king over Israel, because he sought to give sacrifices as opposed to obedience. The Bible says that failing to obey, failing to obey God, it linkens it to the sin of witchcraft. If I ask some of you, how many of you would like to be witch? to practice witchcraft. I'm a Christian. I don't believe in this. All of you don't want to be associated with that. But see, disobedience is equated to witchcraft. So if I ask, how many of you have disobeyed? I, I wish I had started that way. How many have ever disobeyed God? Now because you know it is equivalent to witchcraft, you don't want to raise your hands. I think I should have been smarter on that. I should have asked first, how many have ever disobeyed God? Then now I would have introduced the issue of witchcraft. That way then I would have caught so many of us. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the problem with this man was just simple. It was a question of obeying the word of God and listening to his senses obeying what the senses were telling him. He received the message from his generals. He saw with his eyes the sheep were healthy, the merino ones. Maybe those ones in uh, Australia were, were existing in, uh, you know, the merino sheep? Ah, the white ones. In the, in the picture, they always paint them to be very white. The truth is, the matter if you move close, there is a smell. <laughs> All of them, whenever we take the, the photos of sheep, they look so, so good. So these people looked at them and they were looking good. They said, we are going to save. They looked at the iPad. They said, ah, wonderful. You can do very many things with this. They looked at the TV. Ah, smart TV. So good. Oh, smartphone. It's so good. Everything was wonderful. Praise the Lord. Everything looked good. Even when God was telling them, move away from this thing, I want to speak to you. Ah, this one is beautiful. iPhone 10 now. Is it 10 or 12? There are some people who keep ticking with the ones, as they come out, they tick as they buy. Praise the Lord. I'm saying there are small things in our lives that make us to disobey God. And these things do not build a good relationship with God. They do not encourage our relationship to be healthy with God. Praise the Lord. For that reason, we don't reap the full benefit of being in good relationship with God. In the first one, it was commitment. Ruth was willing to commit herself. And in the end, although she went through rough times, but in the end, God rewarded her. Praise the Lord. God was faithful to reward her. In Colossians, we read about the things that should be put to death. Colossians 3. Five. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, 
and it goes on to enumerate sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of this, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as this, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Praise the Lord. Last week, Pastor was just sharing with us something, and this is the common language now. Every young child, a sentence will not end until they have said some, some curse word jumps out of their mouth. If it were those old days, as a man of God, I would stand and say, stick to the roof of your mouth, you tongue. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So that the tongues of those that curse, use curse words, would just remain stuck on the roof of the mouth, never to say anything, unless it's a blessing. But today, it has become part of our life, until sometimes even in our office, in our workplaces, you wonder, who is the boss? Because the children and the boss are talking the same language. Praise the Lord. We need to be careful, brethren. The more we entertain some of these things, they are small, small. I have listed the other electronics because these ones you can easily cover them. But there are these others that come into our lives. They sneak onto our Christian life. They steal the joy of being close to God. Slowly, slowly, until we find ourselves dry. Because we do not have that presence of God with us anymore. Enoch was not taken by God when he was 10 miles away from God. He was in the presence of God. Praise the Lord. And that's why I was sharing that verse. When you remain in the presence of God, there is nothing good in the presence of God that will never be shared with you. You will always have access to all that God wants you to have. Praise the Lord. That's why Paul says in Ephesians, he's praying that God may bless us with all heavenly blessings above. Praise the Lord. In his presence, you will always have that access. There was a woman who came to Christ one day and said, I want you to heal my daughter. And Jesus said, it is not right for the food of the children of the kingdom to be given to dogs. That means there's food meant for you as a child of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Special. Huh. Some of you are doubting. When you go home on holiday, you people, Indians and Africans, I know we share very many things in common. Those who still have your mothers, how does your mother behave? She wants to cook for you, even in that old age. Because she believes she alone, she alone knows how to prepare the best food for you. Because you are the son in that home. She will also remove a very a, a plate that she rarely serves other people with and serve you on that plate. Special. Same way God behaves, praise the Lord. Because you are the child of the kingdom, there's something special he has kept in store. The rain will fall over all the land, but there will be a special rain for you. Praise the Lord. There will be a common blessing for everybody who comes to church. But to those that are obedient to God, there is a special blessing for you. Only you can tap into it. The key is your obedience. Praise the Lord. To what degree are you willing to obey God that you may access these special blessings? Praise the Lord. The third point is love. Love. This is a commonly abused word. But I want us to look at it in a different way. Psalms 23. You can recite it off, off head. Now we know that God had a very soft spot for David 
He said he was a man after his own heart. Because that means David was in communion with God. He had a special relationship with God. We are talking about our relationship with our Father in heaven. Now listen to this psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Verse 2, he makes me lie down in the green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. That means in his presence, because you love him, you like staying close to him. In his presence, you will suffer no lack. Praise the Lord. All your needs will be met according to his riches in glory. Because you love God, he has got a special, a special place for you in his heart. And so you will be able to say with David in the same way, the Lord is my shepherd, I will lack nothing. Because you have experienced that closeness with God, the love of walking close to God. Verse 2 he will also care and feed you. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. This God, out of the love you have for him and out of the love he has for you, will make sure that you are always, your walk, your life is in those quiet places. The quiet waters, the green pastures. Praise the Lord. Which means is putting you in a place of comfort. When many in Kenya, I don't know whether it happens in other countries. In Kenya, it's a beautiful country, by the way. Praise the Lord. It's a wonderful, one of the best. I'm not working on behalf of the Ministry of Tourism, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just encouraging you to have a walk in Kenya one of these days. And you'll see the beauty. We are one of the few countries where you come from desert and you go to a snow, snowy place. In the same country, you have not crossed borders. If you want to walk on snow, you can go in Mount Kenya, you'll walk on snow. Those are some of the places you should, you should visit when you come, please. Praise the Lord. If you want indigenous forests, which has not been touched, Although now people are encroaching on it very fast, you will find it there. You've heard of Congo Forest? I know you are scared of going there. You can have a sample of it in Kenya. Praise the Lord. You want fresh, the biggest, one of the biggest fresh uh, water lakes? Come to Victoria. So you can see I can work for the government very well. <laughs> I am saying... If our love is genuine with God, he will always place us in the right place. He will feed us. That is what the witness of David says in verse 2. Verse 3, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Divine guidance. We make many mistakes in this world because we seek to walk in this world using our intellect. Praise the Lord. And somebody has coined some few letters. Eh? He puts letters in front of our names. Then we are convinced, oh, we know everything. Professor. And some people feel offended if you don't refer to him, Professor so-and-so. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But as much as that is a blessing from God. Let us not limit the ability of God ministering into our lives to those letters. Praise the Lord. Submit to him. Submit to God. And you will reap the best of life. You will get the best of life because you are in his presence. He will give you the wisdom to go through life. Some of the problems we are facing in the world now, be it economic it is because of policies that were devised by people who have professed that knowledge. They have recommended those. But when God comes into a country, things begin to change. Praise the Lord. Even the shape of the economy takes a new turn. 
because God has intervened and his wisdom is far superior. Praise the Lord. I am praying that let our love for God usher us into this realm where his divine guidance takes over. Verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Divine protection. Sometimes you walk on these streets, you don't know what is the mind of people. Thank God we are in Muscat. Praise the Lord. Thank God we are in Muscat. We don't, we don't choose which street we want to walk on. If I'm in Delhi or Nairobi in Lagos, I must choose which street I'm going to walk. And even as I walk, I'm, I'm keen to see who is following me like this. So we must thank God for being in Muscat. Praise the Lord. But the same evil mind in Delhi, in Lagos, in Nairobi is also in Muscat here. But the grace of God has protected us. You go back home and walk in those streets and you come back to work. Nothing has happened to you. Do you think those people are not targeting you? They do. But the canopy of his protection is all over you because of his love for you. Stay in relationship with God because his love will protect you. Praise the Lord. This relationship can be fruitful to you if you begin to live it. Begin to invite it into your life. You will find it is fulfilling. Praise the Lord. He also corrects us. You know, when I used to hear of staff and rod, the rod is what I want to talk about. Praise the Lord. The rod. In the valley of the shadow of death, there's also a rod there. <laughs> when you make mistakes, he loves you, but he will give you one. Praise the Lord. Kenneth, don't come back here again. <laughs> Out of love. Because he's, he's, he loves you. Praise the Lord. Let us accept the love of the Lord in this relationship. There's correction in it. There's guidance. You know the sheep sometimes? Sheep are very interesting. One of them will lift the head. The moment it bends the head like this, every one of them will follow. So sometimes they have taken the wrong direction. You need to, to knock with the, <laughs> the staff a bit. Not hard. The rod will be hard when the one which is eating maize. Eh? You know you people never looked after animals. That's why. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The one that strays away and goes into somebody's chamber is going to cause you a problem. So the rod must come up and eh? the owner must see you beating because you are not supporting that action. Praise the Lord. Eh, you need to go back home, live that life so that you understand what I'm talking about. That's why some of you miss a lot of this in the Bible because it's about shepherd and you are wondering what is this shepherd thing about because you never saw it. Praise the Lord. Verse 5, you prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. He embarrasses your enemies. Praise the Lord. This love that God has when he sees the enemies coming around you, swirling around you, trying to, to nab you, to put you in a snare. God causes, reverses the whole process. I want to remind you of uh, Mordecai in the book of Esther. Haman was there. He planned everything and all things were set. He was telling the wife, ah, everything is okay. After the dinner with the queen, then the neck of this guy is off. And the wife say, yeah, go. But God is a good timekeeper. Time I thank God. I thank God. I thank God. When people have planned things, you find yourself in a tight corner. God pulls the rug below from their feet. And you begin to walk like a king. Praise the Lord. The same person who wanted to harm you comes to start begging you for mercy. Because the father has decided, this is my, love, my beloved son. I cannot allow this to happen to him. Praise the Lord. And that is what David was 
sharing with us in this psalm there, that in, before your enemies, he will lay that table. He will make you sit down and enjoy that, that, the, the, the fullness of that table. Praise the Lord. Because you are in good relationship with God on the premise of the love that he has between you. Patience. Patience. Matthew 7, 24 to 27 Now, it talks about a house. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Praise the Lord. Why have I chosen this to talk about patience? I had never understood how complex buildings, building is until I came to Oman. Because in my country, if you want to build a, a permanent house, you just clear a bush, the, the foundation is fitted, and people dig holes, and you put in stones, and you start off building. Then I came here, the first thing you do, two months carrying sand. They dig deep and carry the sand. They dig and carry the sand. And the energy they have wasted in digging this sand, carrying it away, and the money, back at home I would have finished my house. <laughs> they have not even started. They do all that. But I realize they are looking for that hard ground. Praise the Lord. They want the guarantee for that building to last. And that is why they have got to take time, carry away the sand, dig again, carry away. And after that, again, lay another firm foundation there, pour the, the, the slab. And I, I kept observing, I said, oh, this is strange. And then I came to understand why the Bible was talking about you must found your house on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. Your relationship, unless founded on Christ, is nothing. You know, I love our worship team here. And especially, I'm looking forward, I'm booking that day. When the choir is going to minister to us. You know, we usually give them one day in a year. Praise the Lord. The last time I had the privilege to, to try and close the meeting and people refused. I was telling people, go and sleep. And people were standing here. Because we get caught up, they fellowship, they worship, and we find ourselves in another, is it the first heaven now? We find ourselves up there. It is good. Praise the Lord. I know in our midst, there are people, once, once the worship is over, the service is over for them. They rush from home just to listen to that. Maybe that's your foundation. I don't know. It's good to worship. It's good to listen to testimonies. It's good to listen to everything in the church, but let your foundation be Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Then when the shaking time comes, you will be found cemented down, never ever collapsing in your life. Praise the Lord. Because you have been founded on that foundation. Sacrifice. This is our last one. John 3.16 it's a verse that we all know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. There was a sacrifice from God. He gave his son. Praise the Lord. And in those verses that I read in Second Samuel, about the mighty warriors of David, each one of them became mighty because he had made a sacrifice in his life. Praise the Lord. Will our relationship with God be without sacrifice? No. If you are not willing to sacrifice for somebody, that relationship is as light as a paper. Praise the Lord. That is why many families have problems. Because Kenneth comes into marriage and he says, this is where I put my shirt always. And then there's this beautiful girl who comes in the house and says, I want to live with you for the rest of your life. And she says, ah, ah, this shirt, no, let us put it here. 
And that, no, this is my house. I want the shirt here. Small things that cause us to differ over nothing. Just sacrifice that. Say, okay, my shirt, I love seeing you on that hanger, but now I want to love seeing you on this new place. That is enough. And the lady goes away happy, and you are not stressed. Isn't that simple? And you, sisters, those socks, that man, you found him throwing the socks at the door. Even if they're stinking. <laughs> you may not like them at the door, but find a quiet way of making him accept the new place you're taking them. Don't, I don't like seeing these socks here every time. No. Praise the Lord. There are small sacrifices to, that we make in life for one another. But we can make a greater sacrifice for God. Praise the Lord. There are some of us who have held on to things in life. You hold on to them so tightly that when God is telling you, I want to take you to a new level. God, I will go to the new level with this one. God has already left that place. He wants you to go to a new place with a new experience. Why do you hold on to that old experience that he gave you two, two years ago? Every relationship has got the shedding off of core things in our lives. For you to be in union with God, you will need to shed off some things. They will be painful. There will be things that you love so much, things that you value in your life. But when the Spirit of God begins to tell you, Kenneth, it's time to abandon this. You know, there are some things, probably I like a certain kind of food. And sometimes when it is served there, I lack restraint. I just feel blessed to continue eating and eating until I cross the path of gluttony, that boundary. And to God, that is sin. I'm using simple examples, but you know yourself. The things that God has been ministering to you to abandon in your life. But you have held on to them every time. You want to walk with God, but you want to hold on to that. It's time for you to make a sacrifice. If that relationship has got to live on and to reach its full fusion, you must let go some things. Praise the Lord. And God will lift you to a new level. God will bring joy in that relationship. You will begin to celebrate your Christianity rather than just endure it. There are many people who are enduring their salvation. What will people say if I, if I backslide? I've worked in this salvation for too long to go back. Just enduring it. Begin to celebrate that salvation. Praise the Lord. Heaven starts here. Even any match, any football team, they do some warm-up. Have you seen a team that just walks from their suits and then they go on the field? No. We must begin to celebrate and warm up in, on earth here for the joy that is stored for us in heaven so that we may bring sons to glory. Unless a seed of wheat dies, it abides alone. But when it dies, it brings more. For Christ to die, it was a sacrifice. You will need to sacrifice in order for God to realize much harvest from your life. In Jesus' name, we pray. Praise God. And let's stand up even as we bring this service to a close. And I want you to think back over what you have heard over the last 40 minutes or so. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 to 15. For when God made a promise to Abraham... Because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. 
your blessing has already been provided for. Your blessings are ready to break forth onto you. Because that's what God is. That's what who God is. Provided, provided you are prepared to patiently endure. There is a time, there is a season. And so there are things that we need to do in that period. As we patiently wait for that promise to be fulfilled in our lives, in your life and in my life, let's ask ourselves these questions. And I'll bring us back to what we have heard over the last 40 minutes. Just think about this each for yourself. How strong is your commitment to God today? Is it a Friday commitment? Or is it a 24-7 commitment? How strong is your commitment to God today? Think about yourself. Don't think about anybody else. How sincere are you in your obedience to God? Are you doing everything that God is asking you to do? Or are you being selective in your obedience? How unwavering is your love for God? During the good times and the not so good times. Have you learned to be patient and persevering? Because God is still training you. How much of yourself are you willing to sacrifice? Not just the things you possess, but how much of yourself are you willing to sacrifice? Jesus gave his life for you and for me. What are you giving back to God? Just talk to God. All of us are recipients of God's blessings time and time again. And just God wants us to be blessed by Him all the time. He wants to be in our presence. We need to be in His presence. But what we need to do, we need to do. We need to be committed. We need to be obedient. We need to be perfect in our love to God. We need to be patient. We need to be sacrificial. Church, let's just thank God for these words which we have heard. Because it reminds us of what we need to do on a daily basis. These are practical points. And let's just thank God. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you have once again laid the blueprint for us, Lord Father. For our day-to-day -day living, Lord Father. And I pray, Lord, that these five words which we have heard this day, Lord Father, will be part of our daily makeup, Lord Father. Our commitment to you will be unwavering, Lord Father. Our obedience to you will be true and complete, Lord. Our love for you will be complete and we will love you unfailingly, Lord Father. Father God, give us that patience that we need. That perseverance, not to doubt, but to be completely trusting in you, Lord Father. And Father God, take away that selfish nature from every one of us. Help us to be sacrificial. Help us to just surrender ourselves unto you, Lord Father. To give ourselves completely into your hands. For you to make us and mold us into the kind of people we need to be. Father, make us in your own image, Lord Father. We thank you, we praise you. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your servant whom you have used this day, Lord Father. Through whom you have brought to us these beautiful tenets for daily living, Lord Father. I pray, Lord, that you will anoint him the more, Lord Father. Bless your servant and his family, Lord Father, that they shall continue to be a blessing, Lord Father. And you will bless them mightily, Lord Father. 
I thank you, Father, for every one of us gathered here. And I pray, Lord, that with every passing day, Lord Father, you will continue to teach us. And we will be receptive to your word. That our lives will get better day after day. Our lives will become more joyous day after day. And our lives will be more successful day after day. Because we have chosen to obey you, Lord Father. We thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we share the grace, just an announcement to those who have given their names for baptism. Please meet with Pastor Lakin immediately after the service outside. Those of you who have given your names for water baptism tomorrow, please meet with Pastor Lakin immediately after service outside the church. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Church, let's move outside. Let's continue to fellowship outside, and may the joy of the Lord be with us.